0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Insights Track. The COVID-19 pandemic has changed lots of things in lots of different ways, and advertising is no exception. But one of the most interesting things we've found is the way the crisis is accelerating trends that were already happening much in the same way it's advanced the idea of home working by as quickly as 20 years, the shock of lockdown and self-isolation is increasing the number of people using digital environments for entertainment, shopping, and simply living. To talk about this new normal and what it means for advertisers, I'm joined by Freddie Turner, the Director of Strategy for MIQ in the UK, and by Rob Jones, our VP of Research and Insights. So Rob, one of the big things we've been looking at on this podcast is this idea of the future faster. Um, in your opinion, what are the, the big things that COVID-19 has accelerated for advertisers?
1: Yeah, thanks Will. This is something that uh, I'd seen a couple of places before Scott Galloway, uh, professor at NYU Stern is is fond of saying this. And so as we started looking at some of these trends, I really noticed that a lot of the things that we were looking at as it related to ongoing trends in our industry, both consumer and advertiser based, have really just kind of sped up as a result of the pandemic. So for example, we've been seeing over the last few years a growing uh, number of people in the US, UK and Canada who are going, if not fully cutting the cord, uh, going to a cord trimmer or digital first strategy where, Uh, Now people are spending more time with OTT, they're spending more time with digital sources of entertainment and spending less time with traditional linear TV, further and further away from those uh, traditional experiences that I think advertisers have long associated with prime time, large screen viewing in the household. And then likewise on the advertiser side, you know, programmatic already made up more than 40% of digital ad spending. And that's only going to continue to increase, especially as the living room has now become the focal point of the average of the advertising world for consumers, so once you start cutting out a lot of interactions with things like billboards with in with in store retail experiences uh, once you start removing things like even like radio from the equation as people are commuting less you start to see uh we start to see a landscape where the living room really becomes where the entire digital purchase journey happens start to finish and so for advertisers that means you know a they have to shift methods and really think about how they're allocating resources based on where consumers are spending their time. But B, they also have an opportunity to digitally measure more of the purchase journey than ever before and really tie a lot of those exposures to a digital outcome like a purchase online.
2: Yeah, I think it's been really interesting looking at the developments that we've seen um, on the trajectory. And I think fundamentally necessity has been the mother of invention with this. Um, E-commerce is really the way that consumers are able to purchase from almost every brand out there at the moment. And so those brands that didn't have sophisticated digital platforms, data strategies, have really had to move really quickly. So we've seen a lot of digital roadmaps being accelerated, sometimes from three years into just three months. And I think what that has allowed us to do is support programmatic roadmaps as well programmatic fundamentally relies on data it relies on insight it relies on technology infrastructure and with all of those things being accelerated by the new normal as as we're calling it i think we've seen lots of opportunity for that one-to-one messaging between brands and consumers that they didn't have before with consumers being more online um, it just gives that opportunity for us to be able to reach them with that, with that tailored messaging.
1: The purchase journey stuff is interesting too. You mentioned shortening the purchase journey. There've been a lot of products that are non-essentials that we've really seen. And we've talked about this in prior weeks where we've really seen a uh, an acceleration in behavior around those, where people have rushed out to buy certain things that they might have otherwise waited for. So gaming consoles was one. We saw a big run on PlayStation's Xboxes and Nintendo Switches right as lockdown measures are being put into place or people were running out to get those entertainment products. But we've seen the same thing around fitness and and, uh, and exercise as well, where uh, right now in the United States, if you want to buy a bicycle, it is a multi-week wait, uh, where... People are going out and looking for ways to stay fit without visiting a gym. And so that means a lot of exercise equipment uh, and bicycles are a big part of that as well, especially as you start to see anxiety around uh, commuting via mass transit uh, to where now retailers get bicycles in on a Friday and they're sold out by Saturday or Sunday.
2: Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And I I think fundamentally consumers are forgiving of times like this. So the really important thing for brands is to make sure that they're communicating the right messages with their, with their consumers. So if things take longer time, making sure that they're connecting up their, their warehouses with their availability, with their delivery times, with their product availability, I think as long as their brands are getting that right and they're using their data um, infrastructure to be able to communicate those, then I think consumers are, are happy to wait um, for the non-essential goods I also think as it stands at the moment, consumers are also on this journey. So it's not just brands and advertisers who are shifting their trajectory of their their, their, um, priorities, but it's also consumers who are completely shifting a lot of the time how they interact with both brands and and online and things like that. So I think we need to be or brands need to be respectful um, of that, too. So making sure that the journey is simplified as much as possible, and the consume, you know, the, the, op, the opportunities for um, those consumers to navigate through often a new world and a new way of doing things, I think, is, is more important than ever as well.
1: That's a great point. And I think it also, uh, I, I think one of the things to note, though, is that it'll vary by consumer demographic. So we've talked about this before as well. You've got older consumers who are now moving to buying things online that they previously wouldn't have watching more OTT, taking the digital plunge. For them, this is uh, a great new way to buy things. It's really convenient. They don't necessarily notice the additional time involved. I think for younger consumers who are used to having uh, digital purchases delivered next day or within two days by Amazon Prime's quick shipping, I think for them, it's a much more frustrating experience where they were already used to doing digital purchases and now trying to do things like uh, curbside pickup or store pickup. Is a much better way for them to get things. So it's an interesting, I think there's an interesting dichotomy right now where the people who are making the first plunge into buying things digitally that they hadn't before don't notice that the experience is worse necessarily. But people who are used to it, I think, may be more frustrated by that.
2: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that what we can see here is making sure that advertisers are communicating with their consumers properly because ultimately, whether you're a new consumer online or whether you're used to getting things tomorrow or the next day, um, behavioural economics shows that if you're able to warn somebody about something, it's the classic standing on a train platform, if your train's going to be an hour, someone will feel much more comfortable about it if they know it's going to be an hour. And I think it's the same thing with, with the younger generations who are used to seeing things, uh, receiving things much much more quickly. If you're communicating to them that you have these products in stock there are less of them and the delivery times are going to be longer but you're managing the expectations up front then I think that that allows for a real opportunity Um, and ultimately what brands and advertisers really want to be thinking about now is how do they keep hold of these new customers that they've acquired be it in a different demographic being be it in the same demographic but a new set of customers And I think that 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 conversation and that um, really sort of appealing to the nature of the consumers in this time is is how they're going to do that and how they're going to build build that brand loyalty when we eventually move out of this this current world.
1: That's a really good point Uh, you brought up about availability. So we've previously worked with advertisers at MIQ to build custom creative that pulls in store inventory to make sure that the product's advertised in ad our products that are available in store. Is that something that you see being a bigger priority or something that advertisers should be looking at doing more often now that availability concerns and delivery time concerns are something that have just become more common?
2: Yeah, I think it's a really great point. And I think it falls into a much bigger point, which is around creative and cut through. Because fundamentally, consumers now have so much choice and they have so much content to consume online and then what we're seeing is you know online consumption of podcasts up 37 percent YouTube up 14 percent what we're also seeing is those session times being less because you're you're keeping the uh, the consumer there for less time it's much harder to keep their attention and so I think that the old adage of right place, right time, right message, right audience is has never been more important than it is now. And so for brands, making sure that they can include things like product availability, pricing, delivery times, um, just general messaging about how their brand is coping in the new world. I think all of those things together start to really create that cut through um, and allow for advertisers to stand out in a time when let's be honest it's harder than ever for them to do that
0: so we're going to move beyond the kind of uh the generic covid ad of somber piano music and talk of unprecedented times and and actually the the most standout and useful creative will end up being the stuff that offers real value to consumers like um you know telling them about delivery times telling them about availability giving them the practical help they need rather than just saying we're here for you
2: not in every instance, I don't think. I just think if you're going to be talking about your products, and that is, you know, for lots of different brands, they have lots of different messaging. And I'm certainly not saying that there's there's a specific rule um, across the board. Unfortunately, there are no rules at the moment. The rule book's gotten out the window. And I think, but I think if you are talking about products and you are a really Um, product-focused brand, and that's what that messaging at that time is about, then I think having this sort of management of expectations and education for consumers is really important. Having said that, I still think there's a huge um, opportunity for brands to be reaching their new customers, and obviously then it's less about the more detailed, creative, and it's more about that really tailored messaging. So making sure that you're reaching your consumer's with similar formats and and making sure that you're sympathetic to the different channels and the different content and the different time of day and and all of those things that with the digital acceleration of a lot of a lot of advertisers uh, we can we can really start to accelerate that programmatic journey and that's what that's what digital does so well
1: I think one of the things you can focus on here is because things got derailed uh, what does holiday what does Back to school look like? What does holiday shopping look like? Like normally, back to school gets planned in March, but since everyone was pulling budgets, I think we're starting to see a lot of uh, briefs right now around back to school that are certainly going to be working on like a two month turnaround. Um, we're going to have to see something around holiday shopping being a more accelerated timeline, and then there are probably things that like if you didn't already have an infrastructure built out for online deliveries and curbside pickup, you're either building one out now or you're you're struggling to breathe as it relates to revenue.
2: Yeah, I think insight's really, really important here. So looking at uh, both your customer insights and then insights uh, like businesses like ours are are able to provide to show when advertisers should be preparing for the big bounce, for example, um, and using data in order to inform your programmatics approach. What that means is that you can be really, really reactive so you can move really quickly. We're seeing... Ads being made in in three or four days instead of in three or four months, and what that's what's that is allowing brands to do is be really reactive. So, looking at um, back to school and looking at you know these these quick changes when the government make different announcements, and I think what that's allowing us to do is is be really reactive.
1: From a global standpoint, I think being reactive is still, is going to be key for advertisers. I mean, really figuring out how you condense a lot of this into shorter time frames, especially when we start to look at the disruption of advertiser planning schedules uh, that we normally see early in, earlier in Q1, Q2 this year, where advertisers are planning, you know, five, six months ahead for things like back to school and holiday shopping. Now we're seeing those happening. Now we're seeing back to school planning happening two months ahead of time in a much more, condensed timeframe and the ability to be reactive and keep up with trends because you know advertisers just don't know right now what back to school looks like. The CDC was recommending in America last week that schools not reopen in September. Uh, and I, while I'm not sure if that's going to be the case uh, based on current projections and just what the administration wants to do. Uh, that certainly changes the math in a lot of ways. If you're an advertiser trying to think about whether you push for online sales or if there's going to be an in-store push and if there is an in-store push, you know, what does that look like? Is that people waiting in line to go in one at a time, uh, on a limited basis? Or is that, uh, full retail experience that uh, retailers are used to as it relates to back to school. So being able to quickly think about what does the environment look like, how are people going to be responded and adjust, having a plan to adjust your spend, your targeting and your message based on that, I think is going to be crucial for advertisers. And I just don't know if the current advertiser work uh, pipelines and uh, the way advertisers currently work is really set up to handle that.
2: I think that's a really interesting point. I think in the current climate, obviously, things like ROI are going to be more important than ever, but at the same time, there's no rule book anymore, so I think there's a really, really good opportunity for those brave advertisers to rip the rule book up and completely change you know the approach and, and the strategy that they may have been thinking about for the next two, three, six months' time and to really start to test new opportunities so um Be it driving people in store, um, be it you know combining uh, different formats, different creative, different channels, uh, and then ultimately with the increased digital roadmap and digital capabilities and improvements to um, e-commerce, we should be able to measure those um, those tests much more effectively and much more efficiently to, in theory, drive better planning. Even though we have less time.
0: Let's talk about measurement then. Um, Rob, um, in times of economic uncertainty, marketers are going to want to use the kind of provable, measurable ROI-driven um, uh, results that you can get from programmatic. Um, but from our recent advertiser perceptions work, we still see a lot of advertisers um, using click-through rate as, as their metric. Um, Rob, is there there's still quite a distance to travel there then?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been in the industry for something like 15 years now. And from the day I started, we were talking about how click through rate was a bad metric that we needed to get away from as advertisers uh, with studies. I think Natural Born Clickers was published by ComScore back in 2004. Um, And this is the kind of thing that I would have gotten really angry about like five or six years ago. But now I'm just like, okay, fine. Like click through rate, it's easy to measure. And I think that's always going to be the reason it's the fallback for advertisers. Uh, It's disappointing because I think that we've reached a point where there are a lot more sophisticated ways to measure. And especially these days, because orders are happening online, because you can sign up for things, especially now for in-store pickup, because you're signing up for that so often online and then going to pick up an item curbside. I think there's really an opportunity for advertisers to very quickly shift and focus heavily on how do we get those actions pixeled so that we can connect all of this activity to a proper digital action. And yeah, with uh, a recession like Atmosphere, we're going to see advertisers naturally focus more on ROI and what they can measure and how they can drive uh, ROI from their marketing campaigns. But that just means that they need to further emphasize how they're driving business outcomes with those uh, and doing that in the most accurate way possible.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. I think um, historically, we've looked at things like incrementality, and and whilst those are really important, in the new world, uh, incrementality is probably harder to measure um, given that there's nothing to base the initial initial on. And so what um, I think we're seeing now is driving that lifetime value, the um, average order value, driving things like that up so that we can start to map what do your new consumers versus your old consumers look like? So how do we take your first party data and model that out to find new customers? And how successful is your advertising in generating those new customers?
0: So as businesses look to to drive to those outcomes like lifetime value or new customer acquisition or new customer retention, um, does the increase in the number of programmatic opportunities and the the number of addressable environments that customers are in does that help marketers get to that position or does it cloud the picture further
2: i think it gives brands a really nice opportunity to be a bit more experimental with their digital Um, like i said there isn't there isn't a rule book for for what we're experiencing at the moment and i think with more data, more insight and more effectiveness measurement than ever before. I think what brands are able to do is use this increase in consumer consumption, use the different uh, content that's available, the different channels, the different experiences and start to really measure what works for their brands. Um, And I think the beauty of programmatic is that you can do that pretty quickly. So being able to measure, test, test, um, and rewrite the strategy, you know, over and over again until until you find what works for you and your brand. I think I think that's what that's what marketers should really be taking advantage of at the moment.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that wholeheartedly. And I'd say that like not only is there no rulebook for the current environment we're in, but for a lot of these things, there wasn't a strong playbook or rulebook set up already. If you look at things like customer retention. Most advertisers in the space are still focusing on acquisition and haven't really cracked how to do good customer retention efforts or even focused a large proportion of their marketing on customer retention. So there's really an opportunity here for advertisers to think about, okay, now that we have the data to do this on a larger scale, now that we really do have large data sets that relate to TV viewing, that relate to how someone's exposed in traditional media environments, and we can connect those to digital targeting and digital measurement, how do we then build those, how do we then build campaigns that don't just drive new customers but also get people at every part of their purchase journey and that includes uh, retention, that includes driving future purchases and that includes having a strategy for what this looks like when social distancing measures have been softened.
0: And I think that's a a really nice point to end it on actually. And if you'd like to read our report, the future but faster, please visit wearemiq.com and take a look. Thank you, Freddie and Rob. That's it for another week. Thanks for listening. and hope to speak to you again soon.
1: Yeah, that was great.